We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle have just been beaten by four goals to one by Tottenham Hotspur to make it three away defeats in the row in the Premier League without scoring. And after the best of weeks, last time I spoke to you on this podcast, it's been a pretty bad one this week. I'm Alex. I have Mark Cowley, Charlotte Robson and Ben Wade with me to talk you through a damaging defeat for Newcastle United, the type of defeat that we have become uh, not accustomed to under this manager and this stewardship of the football club. We're going to talk to you about what happens and why. We're on Patreon as we build up to a massive game. Can't fucking wait for AC Milan at home on Wednesday. A chance to put it all right. We have guests of all three uh, Champions League opposition speaking to us about a make or break final match day in the Champions League for that one. So come and join us and that's between three and eight pounds a month. Ben, I'll start with you. Uh, you were, I watched the game with you, you were particularly unhappy and I suppose the central question that a lot of fans are asking themselves, talking amongst themselves about and it's just been put to Eddie Hart of the game, is it too simplistic to once again just blame fatigue mate or is there more to Newcastle United's away malaise? Yeah, I mean it's, obviously that is a, um, thank you Charlotte. You're welcome. That is a, um, it, it is a factor, I get, I get that, I, I think they are players that look that but for me, I think what we've seen in this performance and on on Wednesday, um, we've not been we, we've just got too many players maybe not at their, their peak form, and I think that's where probably the injuries are hurting us more. Is that the, the comp- competition for places isn't there? I mean, if you think that front three have played pretty much every game I can remember um, because of injuries, but if you think um, at the start of the season we were seeing Barnes kind of coming in to. To obviously start the game at Sheffield when he got, unfortunately got injured, but that was kind of the start of him potentially coming in for Gordon. And um, obviously, we had other options where where Miggy might have been been able to come out. And I just think the, I wouldn't say that those players have been playing particularly badly, but the, there's not that kind of drive for them to be playing at that top level all the time because they, they know they're not good, they're going to play no matter what. And it's maybe just like something in the back of their minds where maybe you don't you're not pushed as much because you, there's not that threat there or whatever. Um, and I think to, to today, it just looked, I mean, to be fair, the, I just think there were too many players just had bad games. We just looked out of form. Um, Joe Linton, I think, was was pretty poor, um, nowhere near kind of his dominant. I mean, this is the type of game you'd have thought he would, would revel in, kind of a chance to go up, um, physically dominate uh, um, that, that midfield that, that Spurs had. And, um, I mean, he, I think he got mega about four or five times. Just mm. wasn't anywhere near in, in terms of the pace. Like players were running away from him. Um, yeah, just just not the, the physical specimen that we've seen dominate games. Just wasn't there. Bruno, 
um, just again kind of similar mm-hmm. uh, made a kind of bad error for the I think it was the second goal where he, yeah. he, he kind of loses a 50-50 and then just charges out <laughs> goes and presses a player and allows the, the guy to run in and, and create a four on three behind us just I think some of the decision making there is, um, is not quite clear uh, and because of we, we play a very physically demanding style of play if you're not up to 100% level I suppose then it just looked bad because players that I mean I suppose a bit of credit to Spurs they looked far more energetic and they've got their own injuries they were just piling forward and, and they had a lot more they looked like they had a lot more pace and, and kind of energy in, in that game and and yeah we just we just didn't have it and yeah it's it's a frustrating frustrating uh, day. I think your point about there being no competition is an interesting one, but it's also there's no competition for a lot of these positions. Um, but there's also the knowledge that because there's no competition, you're going to be playing like like Miggy or like you know Gordon. They, they, these players know that no one's fighting them for their spot, but also they've got three games every week until Christmas, and they're probably going to be playing all of those games. Like that's quite a a mental challenge to get your head around and. And I think I think it's just probably getting the better of these players. I don't think it is as simple as just saying fatigue, injuries, all of those things. I think there's I, I think there's more at play. I haven't I think scratching the surface. It's it's really difficult to kind of put your finger on it. But there's a there's a myriad of things here because um, it's not it can't just be one of those one of those things. You know, a couple of people on Twitter are saying, oh, we will be talking about people players being tired. Well, yeah, the players are tired, but there's there's more going on here. There's there's a sort of there's a, a mental tiredness. There's a sort of like fuck this. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to say that they're thinking that about our games, but there's also like a where's the light at the end of the tunnel? And um, how talked about that at the end of his press conference after the game that there is a bit of light because Wilson and Longstaff are coming back, but it must feel like that. It must feel like I'm never going to get a break here. And to your point, the moment you drop from that 100 percent you look like you're at 50%, even though you're probably at 80. Carly, thoughts? Yeah, same as what you said, really. I think a long time, I feel like a long time ago since my new at home, or well, it's only eight days ago, really. And obviously fatigue and injuries are a factor in this. But if you look at the Everton game, and it's, it's, I feel like it's still a long time between them two games to kind of say, all right, fatigue. It's five five days, really, to get, to get ready for that game. Obviously, you can excuse in terms of, Thursday to Sunday but just today we just I mean it's it's a wider like kind of issue in terms of our away form really um today I didn't really see what we're trying to do really in terms of a game plan at the kind of start I know we'll go in the morning to this but I didn't see much in terms of what we were trying to do was it a kind of hard press or not but I mean in terms of the demand it's we probably can't do it as much just because in terms of how much we've been playing it's the same team playing week in week out but today we were just we were just second best to things it was too easy for that kind of that ball through from like from their midfield through our midfield it was far too easy in terms of and then when they were first 20-25 minutes Tottenham the amount of crosses that came in but in terms of where we were they had a lot more bodies in the box at times than we had really and is that down to is that down to fatigue or not but I mean, we had our chances at the start um, and we had t- two big chances again, which we had a couple of chances at Everton when it was nil-nil or even one-nil. But um, yeah, th- there are factors in it and that is the only kind of positive you can take is that Longstaff and, and Wilson came on today um, and like I say, did, o- did okay, obviously got a goal. But um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, 
it, it is a wider issue of how we've been playing away from home because let's say we've only won one game away from home and we've been abs- ac- excellent at home and like I say I don't feel like going being very positive going to Milan still because I know what we can do at home but yeah it's just there is a, a bit of a ish, bigger issue and just it can be easy to say just fatigue I mean I think one one thing I would say is, is the kind of the game plan today I mean I, I've been critical of Postacoglu and Tottenham of kind of their um like the, their endeavour to, to play this really high pressing game no matter what and to be fair they they kind of looked like they'd learned it today he, he did, they didn't do it the whole game but we were a bit naive that we, we were trying to press when and when they, they broke through that as you say the reason they were getting bodies in the box was just because we couldn't recover um, get back in quickly enough and as I say it's probably a hell of a lot easier where as you say when when you and I guess this is where kind of the point of the fatigue mental fatigue all that sort of stuff comes into like when you're getting the chances they had, they were just bombarding where it felt like um, it probably is tougher to kind of get get back in and, and almost like it's at what point do you do your recovery? And I just think we're a bit, yeah, it, all it takes is one person not to do the press properly, which kept happening and, and it kind of kills the whole system. And I just think we were, as you say, kind of a, a couple of percent off uh, kind of where we, we know this team is capable of. And, and it just it, we we got exposed today because Spurs had a very good game and, and play a very attractive, attacking, aggressive style of play that can kind of even if you're only a couple of percent off can expose you. And I think uh, what just to kind of kind of slightly go against that is the chances we had. We we had probably the two biggest chances at that point in the game and don't take them. And that almost gave them the confidence to then come and kind of go and, and hit us. And unfortunately, they take the first chance of the game and. And then it, you're chasing the game, and it, yeah, it just became a lot, lot more difficult. And um, it's just that that kind of small margins, unfortunately, is going against us at the minute. We had the same against Everton, where we had some big chances in that game, didn't take them. Then Everton take theirs, and, and then kind of it looks an embarrassing three 0 defeat. But it was probably a closer game than kind of what the scoreline suggested. One thing I will say, though, just to, as a as a tiny modicum of um, positivity, is that. Even at two 0 down at half time, I sort of thought, well, we can come back. Like this is a team that has come back from from being, you know, one two down at half time. This is a team that can do that. That's not something I would have thought, you know, a year and a half ago, a year ago. So we obviously didn't. We didn't come back. But I just, you know, it's it's kind of that belief in the team is starting to kind of embed. The last five minutes, all over them, Charlotte <laughs> battered them. Win the last five minutes, one nil. Yeah, that was meant. <laughs> Could have scored three or four. <laughs> I think there's a significant. Uh, body of evidence now that Newcastle United have got a problem away from home before these three consecutive away defeats at Bournemouth, Everton and now Tottenham. There were five points from five away games. It's, it's only five games. It's the start of the season. It's not good by any by any stretch. But I think of the, the problems that Newcastle United had today, and I'll come on to my own thoughts on the, 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 any mitigation around fatigue, but I've seen similar issues at Brighton. I saw very a Brighton team play through our lines with with ease, and you know a kind of theme of these defeats is Newcastle are conceding two threes and fours, but actually couldn't should have been a lot more, which is very unlike us. Joint best defensive team in the league last season, and then on top of that, I saw AC Milan, although they didn't score, you know, have fifteen shots in the first thirty minutes of their game, and, and really should have won that game comfortably, and I saw. You know, very similar in the first half at West Ham. West Ham found it found it way too easy to get through. As second half, we were much better, and then I saw Wolves do it to us as well. Wolves do it to it, maybe not as consistently and across the whole game, but certainly just be able to get to the edge of our penalty box with extreme ease, almost no resistance. Now, yeah. 
What makes Newcastle United one of the best home sides in the country is that they're a risk-taking side. They take risks, and those risks are calculated, and they're almost always, and in fact, they've been perfect at home this season domestically, apart from a mad 10 against Liverpool. Um, it's, it's, it's like calculated risk-reward. I'm not really sure that we're doing that away from home, and we look outrageously open in all of the fixtures I've just talked about, and three of the fixtures are during this injury crisis, but three of them weren't. So there's kind of an equal weight there of, of games you can analyse. But in addition, it just seems strange at this point in our development that we haven't really got it right away from home. And, and one of the things I've been thinking of for a while is, what does a scrappy 1-0 two or three times a season away win look like for this Newcastle side? And I'm not too sure because I've, I've not seen it. Now, PSG would have been the template and that was taken from us. But again, this is being hypercritical throw PSG in there for, again, another game where it looked outrageously easy for an opposition to get to the edge of our penalty box with extreme ease and us not be able to do much the other way. Eddie Howe was asked pre-game by the, uh, by the reporter for Sky, is this the kind of game where actually we see your side sit in, um, have a more defensive shape, give up possession and play more of a counter-attack? And, and Howe just went, we just need to be at our best today. Didn't answer the question. I understand why I didn't answer the question. But I still don't know the answer because... There was a point when we had that decent 10 or 15 in the first half, sorry, the second half, uh, Ben, you made an excellent point to me that was, you know, Postacoglu, uh, you know, is famed for saying, I'll never stop attacking, I'll never stop, I'll never, I'll never get men behind the ball. Well, actually, what he did there was really smart because they recognised that Newcastle were playing well and they needed to just get through that 10 or 15 minute phase. Where was that from us today? Where was that discipline? Where was that ability to think? Right, we've just conceded one. Again, not against the run of play, but you know, like you said, Ben, like you said, Carly and Charlotte, both teams had chances at nil-nil. As soon as it goes one-nil, I think the thought process has got to be we simply have to get at half time with there only being one in this game. That is an absolute, an absolute necessity. And if if you uh, you guys are on the table with me and all of you listening uh, and watching, if you watch that second goal back when Newcastle are actually caught four v three, that is not a team that thinks we're going to keep this tight until half-time here. Now, there might be lots of reasons for that. There might be, that might not be the game plan. That might not be how this team are built. But it just looks increasingly naive. And that's, a, that's not really something I could say under how. And, and I think the last time we, we did a kind of smash and grab 1-0 win was maybe Leeds away uh, back at when we were a totally different side in the mm. relegation zone at the start of 2022. And I just feel like what Man City have done today and what Liverpool did yesterday, Liverpool arguably, they, they didn't deserve anything from the game, in my opinion. But they won we're still possibly at a stage now, particularly away from home, where we're going away from home winning 4-5-1 and five, one at West Ham and Everton at the end of last season. But there isn't much else apart from that, and that's a bit of a concern. And I felt like today, Newcastle were never going to go there today because of the mitigation. We are going to talk about that mitigation more as the podcast goes on. They were just not, they're just not capable of that. They're not capable of that maybe with a lot of fit players. They're going to go there and put in a worldly performance, a bit like they did at Spurs last season, and be unlucky just to win 2-1. Or they're going to go and get beat and that's a concern moving forward and I think Eddie Howe will have to kind of think of the answers for that and we, we will get to see in the coming weeks and months if he does have the answers to that Newcastle's away form but but even this season Newcastle having the biggest away win 8-0 at Sheffield United and then the rest of the evidence of their away form pre and post or pre and during the the injury crisis it's not great it's not great so I think Newcastle have got a problem and it's not just based on on the players being knackered We'll leave it there for part one. We'll leave it there. Thanks very much for listening this far. There's a couple of adverts coming up. If you want to listen to this podcast without the adverts or even me referencing them, 
Uh, it's only three pounds a month on Patreon to get all the true, the free True Faith podcasts, free of uh, free of adverts. So back after these. Speak to you soon. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Bruno Gimaraish, obviously. But also, what about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I personally, Charlotte, love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force between Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash truefaith, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash truefaith now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash truefaith. So we've just learned that Callum Wilson has come out and said post-game, and it's great to see you back, Callum, but he's come out and said it was one game too many for this side. And we heard the same thing after after Bournemouth, and things actually got worse injury-wise after Bournemouth until today. So maybe that's why he said it. It's not a, a, an exact comparison in terms of situations, but one player, Charlotte, who who's, who's one of the best Newcastle players I've ever seen um, in terms of consistency, ability, and a lot of other things, is Kevin Trippier. And, and again, today, I, I don't know how, how far you could say he was directly at fault for first the first two goals, but he was certainly at fault yeah. as a collective with other players for the first two goals. And it comes back to, you know, you, you speak to people, you look at social media, and it's he's tired, he shouldn't be playing. Is that If that is true, why is he playing? Yeah, I can't answer that because I'm not Eddie Howe, but... Um... Where do you stand on it, though? Is it, should he be playing? If, if, you're, if you already have, for the moment. Oh, I just don't know what the option, like, it is, is the option to bring Livermento into that position and bring Hall on, maybe that's it, but there's a reason he didn't bring Hall on earlier in the game. I mean, he got a little bit of game time today, but I've got to assume that they don't trust that that's the right player for our, our side at the moment. So, yes, because what's our other option, and no, because clearly something's not right. And something hasn't been right since the international break, and he was sent home from England. If you remember, he was sent home from England for a personal reason. We don't know what that is. I don't care to speculate on what that is, but something is going on. And if he's tired, then fair enough, but he's one of the only players we've got who's used to this kind of level of of, of play and game, like this number of games. He has played in La Liga. He's played for exceptional teams who have been... Um, he's used to a volume of games like this. Yes, he's a bit older now than he was then. You've got to take that into consideration. But I think there's more at play. He looked pained today. He looked 
um, you know, he's, he's got quite a crinkly forehead anyway, and he just looked worried. He looked like every time the camera was on him, he looked really, really worried. Um, the game wasn't going well, fair enough, but I, I think there's more at play. And, and for those two goals, and, and they were both almost, like the second goal was almost carbon copy of the first goal. Yes, there are other players at fault. Bruno for the second one, you know, loses that ball and then it gets to Son. Son beats Trippier easily and then he's just too good on with his feet and gets round him both times really really easily that's not the Trippier we've seen in the last sort of you know bar the last couple of games um in all the games before that he is not usually beaten in that way so I definitely do think fatigue is playing a part but I think there must be something else sort of bigger at play and again I'm not I'm not interested in gossiping about his life or whatever like that but something else is at play so to answer your kind of your question to go back to your question should he be playing probably not probably not well he's not going to play against fulham now because he got his fifth fifth yellow so and that's yeah that's the frustrating thing to this question isn't it it's well we are going to have to see uh, yeah. kieran trippier listening castle united emil Kraft is there yeah i mean you true. can play emil Kraft. emil Kraft was brilliant when trippier was out injured for the majority of the 21 22 season after he signed it was a long time ago and Kraft had a bad injury but Kraft came in, I think, at centre-back against Manchester United and looked really good. Yeah. I don't know, Cowley. Like, what do you think? Should he have been playing? I mean, you were saying, we were saying this when watching the game. Even if we had, what, say, Johnny Dan Byrne, who can always go left-back and then run and a right-back. But even with a full squad, I think Kieran Trippier is playing, like, all these minutes anyway. Mm. I think he's he's done this for a lot of his career when he's played for clubs and he's played this many, obviously, he was younger at the time. But... Um, he, he's played the amount of minutes. If, I think if you, I don't know if I agree with you in terms of sh- something else going on because he was he was good against Chelsea and Man U, obviously both at home. But yeah. he had a bad night. People have bad nights. Players, it happens, and you don't expect it from Trippier how consistent he is, and you don't see them kind of mistakes happen. And obviously that led to the the goal, and then that's got in his head for, for the second goal. I, I can't blame that on fatigue. I think that's just he's he's not done. He obviously should he hang on to the ball too much on Thursday night and he's lost the ball and then the second one that happened probably from what he's done with the first and he's confident wise today yeah it's just again like I don't know if you just brought from what he's what's happened to Evan and to, today really I think the second goal yeah it's just he normally does better cuts that pass out I can't, I'm not going to blame him as much for the first but in terms of that yeah but then he saved it for fatigue we had Hall come on but it's Livermento who's going off yeah like if he's if he's that tired surely he's kind of how he knows that and think right well it's what 3-0 4-0 whenever he came off and it's like what's the point of keeping him on for an extra 10 minutes 15 minutes now the game's lost just bring him off and think right be a bit fresher I guess for Milan but then 10-15 minutes are not really going to make a difference so I don't know why how he's just thinking there just to keep him on that pitch that time just because say experience but it's just I, I I don't get it, but I don't let's like say I don't think there's something it could be going on. I'm not sure, but I don't think that's that would affect his kind of game really. I just think he's had a bad night on Thursday and obviously a bad day to day really. Gone um, his head. Yeah, gone his head a little bit, and I, I think he'll recover from it definitely because he's he's probably had a little bit of experience less than he's in his career really. So yeah, I, I don't buy any of that. I, I think he's he's Newcastle's probably most important player. I, I think he has to play. He has to play every minute in Newcastle. I mean, he's, he's, I think he leads the league or he's, he's in the top two, isn't he, for assists. Um, when Newcastle play well, pretty much everything comes through Kieran Trippier. Um, I think he's had a bad week in terms of obviously made two high-profile errors and, and that have led directly to goals. And that's unfortunate. Uh, a lot of times he loses the ball where he does. 
um, it doesn't end up in a goal. I think obviously the fact that they've, they've ended up scoring from those two on, on Wednesday and then um, obviously a bit embarrassing kind of defensive situation today. But ultimately what I would be saying is, is how is Kieran Trippier being left one-on-one with Son, who's their probably best player by an absolute mile, mm-hmm. most electric, fastest player they've got. I know, and, and to be fair, Trippier did incredible against Mbappe in two games this season, who's probably the fastest player in the world at the minute. But I would be asking the question, how is how is Trippier as a team, Trippier had been left one-on-one with Son in the box where he, he does the right thing. Son is a right a right-footed player. He doesn't want to let him cut in on his right and get a shot off. Mm-hmm. And it's just unfortunate. He kind of gets, it looks embarrassing in the end and he gets done. I, I think the problem probably lies in the fact that he's had complete change around him. So if you look, we've had a new keeper. I, I know Pope gets a lot of criticism, but at least Pope is a settled keeper that we know what he's going to do in terms of comes out and and is quite decisive in terms of his, his decision-making. You've got a new centre-back. I know they've played a lot of times together in Lascelles, but Lascelles is not Fabian Shaw in terms of he's not as comfortable receiving the ball. So the goals against Everton, for example, if Shaw's playing on the right side, he just passes that ball back to Shaw, I think, whereas he's probably not as comfortable to do it Lascelles. And then you've got Miley, and I don't want to... I'm not digging out these individuals. I'm just saying that it's a big it's change different. from the team. Yeah, Miley isn't a player that he's played a huge amount with so maybe he doesn't trust Miley kind of with those those passes in if he's marked or whatever so there's a lot I think I think there's a lot of things going into these individual errors but ultimately they're just they're just bad errors people are going to make mistakes and I wouldn't be reading too much into them to say Kieran Trippi needs to be dropped you're right obviously he's going to miss the following game so we're not going to have I don't think and I don't think I'm not saying saying that's what you say yeah Yeah. I'm not saying that's what anyone's saying I mean people might be saying I don't know but I just think he is too important a player for you to, to not be playing kind of every minute for Newcastle. And I get the, the kind of the fatigue element of it, but as you have all correctly said, this is a player that's been playing at the top level for a long, long time, knows how to kind of almost manage manage himself through games as well. I I, I, I don't buy that. I think he's he's too important to not have on the pitch. And, and as well, he's kind of one of our most confident kind of leaders. He, he always wants the ball. The reason he made those mistakes is because he's taking the balls in difficult situations. And I just think if we took that out of the team, would, would be a lot worse off for it. I'll also say, like, to your point about Mbappe, he had a lot of support from Lascelles, so it was Trippier and Lascelles. Tonight, you're right, when he was he was one-on-one with Son and he didn't really have any support for whatever reason, the way we were playing, or Lascelles sort of kept clutching his, his side a little bit. I don't know if he had, was carrying a bit of a knock today and just knew there wasn't much of an option. Um, I also do think the personnel change around Trippier is a big part of it, and I think... Um, if you don't mind, uh, like me talking about Dubravka today, I, I think he had a terrible game. <laughs> I think he, you know, I used I, when we when Dubravka had to come on because Pope dislocated his shoulder. I sort of thought, well, you know what? We've seen him in cup games. We've seen he used to be very good for us. At this. I'm not actually too worried now. Well, this is like a significant number of goals conceded, and yes, that it's it's a it's a complicated one because we used to talk about how Pope had very little to do. Like Pope wouldn't do much in the game, so there's clearly like issues with the back line there um where maybe there is fatigue and maybe there is whatever we you know whatever we want to talk about but Dubravka just his choices are odd I think sometimes the way he chooses to to go for balls and he made a good save at the end but he you know he he also conceded a penalty which was really daft like it's, it's just decision making um that you don't Nick Pope doesn't lose his like I think Dubravka just is is a little bit more panicky he's a little bit more and and I think this all plays into the Trippier conversation, right? It's not like one player is at fault here. There's mistakes made across the pitch from from all of our players. But I like I would 
think that a goalkeeper is a, is a really important thing that we have to fix in January. Interesting you say that because I want to talk about transfer markets gone and coming. And, and here we have already the idea, I think, was Newcastle, despite Jamal LaSalle's mostly excellent performances until the last week or so, but then he's surrounded by other bad performances as well. Mm. People would say they need a centre-back. Fabian Charles played out of position. That's almost like a miracle how well that's gone. It shouldn't have gone as well, him having to move across to the left. Mm. They need a centre-back. Then some people would say Wilson's injury record and Isak's injury record. You need a striker. And then people say, <laughs> and I'm going to say this. You need a right winger. You, well, you, you, need, <laughs> you need a right winger, potentially not with, with Murphy and Almiron anyway, but you, need, you definitely need a midfielder because we've been so light in midfield. We've had a lot of bad luck in, in midfield and now we're on a goalkeeper to this list in the hardest window to do business in it's going to get very very expensive and it's going to it's going to be very very difficult to do we need a left back as well because we don't trust any <laughs> the left back <laughs> but I, you know I, I I dislike and I think we, we've all hopefully as fans learned a lesson after the Livermento in particular and Hall stuff mm. that you know when things went badly at the start of the season and it was like the window wasn't good enough and then things went very well indeed and for uh, parts of basically October and November Newcastle are the, one of the best teams in the country form-wise and have done okay in the Champions League and are through to the League Cup quarter-final. Last two games, Everton had Gay and Dakure in their, in their midfield. Today, Spurs had Basuma and Saar. That is typical in the Premier League to have two athletic defensively minded, defensively able midfielders who can offer something from an attacking perspective but shield the back four and make it very hard for teams to get to the edge of your box. Newcastle are, don't have anything like that at all and a lot of people thought in the summer it would be something the team addressed. They didn't address it at all. They went out and bought Tonali. They basically said Bruno was going to stay at six and it just, I don't want to say because we've lost this game or, this, or lost these two games this week but I keep going back to it. The ease of which Milan, Brighton, Bournemouth, Everton, and now Spurs, Wolves at times, West Ham in the first half, were able to get to the edge of Newcastle's box with one pass or one run or one one two. That doesn't happen often against those other sides because their sides are built in such a way that there are players whose role it is to prevent that. Newcastle don't really have anyone like that at all. And I think this is my concern. And the beauty of, of, of football and the season is that we'll find out soon enough the answers to this. Newcastle will have a lot of players back, and if their away form continues to be subpar, then then questions have to be asked of the transfer strategy and of Eddie Howe, I suppose, and that will happen. If Newcastle come back and get players back and start smashing teams all over the place, then then great. It was, it was all fatigue. It was just a unique set of circumstances and fixtures, and let's face it, Bournemouth have been great. Yeah. You know, Bournemouth have been great since the beaters. Everton have won you know, nine of the last 13 fixtures now, and then... Spurs ha- uh, haven't been great, but probably will win a lot of games playing like that when, they, when again, they've got players back because they've got players out as well, like you said, Ben. So it's just a really strange one that we didn't get a defensive or whatever way you want to describe it. The play- a player who can shield the back four. Mm. Um, we have no one. That's not Jolinton. Jolinton is an offensive player who can do a job supporting defensively, but he's not a defensive midfielder. Bruno is not that player though he has many qualities. Joe Willock's definitely not that player. Sean Longstaff's not that player. And I'm not sure that without that player, Newcastle United are going to be the force that they want to be away from home. I hope I'm wrong. But I think, again, today just proved fatigue or no fatigue, Newcastle start that game badly. Mm. Uh, and they start it badly because it's so easy for Spurs to create chances. This is a brittle Spurs who've lost four in a row. 
the first goal was crucial. And I think Newcastle in the first 10 minutes of that game alone, Anthony Gordon has the ball at his feet with Alexander Rysak four yards away, making a run to the box. It would have been through one-on-one and he finds the wrong pass. Mm. Then we have the gordon Isak fuck up, I'm going to call it. Yeah, good defending by Davies, but they should have scored. Gordon should probably do better. He hangs on the ball for too long, in my opinion. Then we have Bruno Gomares 18 yards out with not much in front of him and he slices across the ball rather than places it and it goes just over. And there was, I think, a Miguel Almiron opportunity. Not the main Miguel Almiron opportunity, but another Miguel Almiron opportunity, which he doesn't take. And if you're up against it, if you're fatigued, if you're mentally destroyed and physically, you, you know you're going to physically struggle later in the game, you have to take one of those chances and put a little bit of pressure back onto the home side. And it's the same as the, the game just gone against Everton. Yeah, Everton have done really well and there's a few cup wins in there. But, you know, I think that was Everton's third home win in nine months or something against us. And they've won again today against Chelsea. We have to put the we, like we have to look at our negative situation and think, okay, where do we apply pressure in the opposition? Go one and up away from home is a pretty key place to apply <laughs> pressure, and to not do that, I don't think I don't think that fatigue is a, is a mitigation for those circumstances. All of those lads I've mentioned there have been great for us, and I'm sure will continue to be great for us. But they've got it. They've got to do much much better than that, and they've got they've got to grasp the opportunities when either they create them, or in the the case of the opposition. Um, they're handed to us because again Everton a couple of times passed the ball to us in the 18 your box we won it back and spurted it again today to let those sides off where those parts of games almost don't count that no one will think of that tonight no one will think Spurs players won't have to think about it Spurs players who did the same thing against West Ham gifted a goal to the opposition they should have been made to they should have been put under severe pressure there and as much as as fatigue and, and injuries and the rest of it are a factor Newcastle United will not win many games of football away from home at this level, missing those chances. And that's, that's a big concern, Colin. Yeah, just to go on your point, the goal, like, I mean the chances, but the Gordon one especially uh, when he gets in. Because you think the way Spurs play in the high line, you think, right, well, I could aid us a bit in terms of, we obviously got quick players in terms of Almiron, Isak, Gordon. And then Gordon gets in, what, in eight minutes and you think, right, we can... You know, so much space and creating that chance, you think, right, we'll keep, keep doing that or keep it like try and do that but anyway and like Bruno and Joel Linton at times could have made that pass especially Joel Linton I mean Ben you were discussing how long you wanted on the ball it was just so frustrating that's I'm not going back to in a couple of lazy passes he made but that's not fatigue it's just literally just getting that ball in the area where the Liramento and Gordon were both and I think there's a stat came up about 35 minutes how many touches we had and it was like Gordon was like 11 or 12 and he, probably six or seven of them were just through that just through that one <laughs> chance really and it's so frustrating now like at times we, we probably had it on we've tried a little bit more but we didn't we just held on the ball too long and yeah that was that was annoying and like I said Everton was the same when we had a couple of chances Almiron two big chances like today was just put in the, like it's just on your left foot the great like like space to put like he had plenty of time to I say plenty of time but he just Need to put it far in the corner. Really, just gives too much to the keeper, and it's just mm. such a good chance. And again, he had a, a similar, but he had a good chance at Everton. To but it's, it's these chances that, like I say, we obviously over the course of this game, it was poor. Spurs should have had a lot more, but just the chances we've got, we've got to take in away games. And like I say, that the course of the game can change by them. We'll leave it there for part two of the show. We'll be back. Got more adverts, and then we'll talk about part three and uh, where the season is headed. When you have bad weeks in the Premier League, particularly when there are two fixtures, the, the, the league table can look a bit odd. Manchester United, despite their absolute horror show against Bournemouth yesterday, are still above us in the league. 
and we find ourselves, I think, seven points off fourth, maybe. Yeah. Uh, at the moment, and you know, it's weird because Newcastle played so much good football this season. They've done so many good things. There's been kind of been an incredible highlights, but they now face three of the next five games at home, and two of those fixtures are uh, cup competition fixtures in AC Milan and Chelsea. And it's now a massive, massive week ahead. AC Milan at home and then mildly free-scoring Fulham at home. 13 goals in the last three games for them. <laughs> and like you said earlier in the show, Carly, you know, this time or, or this day last week, last Sunday, we were sat in this room podcasting about how unbelievable Newcastle had been, how good the week had been, Chelsea, PSG, Manchester United. Charlotte, is this... I don't want to put a negative slant in it because I think we're great. I think we're the best home sides in Europe. And the stats bear that out domestically anyway. But it has to go well this week, or, or the, the, the kind of story of progress of the, the club under Howe and the club under the, the ownership. It doesn't, it doesn't derail because of one bad week, but if we go out against AC Milan and we fail to beat Fulham, and then you're looking at 10 points or nine points off the top four, mm. do they simply have to win both of these games this week to keep the season alive? I don't think it's as simple as that. I think yes, in terms of um, goodwill and um, and sort of the way that we engage with the football as fans. I think AC Milan beating AC Milan and you know the result going our way in Dortmund is is absolutely massive, and we should take we should take that opportunity. AC Milan have not been very good in this competition. We held them to a nil nil draw when we were all kind of starry eyed at the San Siro and couldn't believe our luck to even be there. So when we've grown into the competition, we've all talked about how we've grown into the competition. So I think that and it's at home. So I think that there's all to play for there and I think they're very beatable with the side that we've got. I also think that we respond. We, you know, I was hoping today would be the response to Everton, but <laughs> we've uh, we've had now two quite quite embarrassing defeats. Um particularly if you're just looking at the scoreline, those aren't those aren't good defeats. Um to, to kind of go into Wednesday's game, and I really do think that we will respond. I think we need to beat Fulham. I, th- I don't think Fulham, Fulham are a weird side, but I don't think that's as good as us by a long stretch. We're going to be missing Kieran Trippier, as we've already said. It's an opportunity to kind of um, have a look at what that uh, how we'll line up defensively um, with what we've got. But in terms of the rest of our season, I, I do just want to kind of zoom out and, and offer a bit of perspective because... This time, two seasons ago, we were looking at nailed on relegation and we ended up 11th. Like, I don't want us to end 11th. I don't think that would be a successful season for us at all. But what I am saying is where we are right now and how many games we have left to play for the rest of the season and how many players we've got to come back in and perhaps something will happen in the January window, although I don't think it's going to be the the full new squad that we've identified we might need or want. I am not sitting here despairing about the next two. If, if the next two games don't go our way, I'm not going to say our season's derailed. It's, it's shit and it's terrible and we're going to be, it's, the, it's over. Let's just call it now. I, I want us to win those games. I think they're important games to win. I think they're quite statement games to win. But in the context of the wider season, I, I don't believe that it would ruin everything if we don't. I have um, memories now of, of 2 3 when we played in the Champions League for the first time, well, not the first time, long time, it was the first time of five years. But we had a very similar dynamic where at home, mm. we're out of this world, and we were rubbish away from home. We had a massive injury crisis, particularly at the back. And we lost 5-2 at Blackburn around this time of year, December, start of December. And it looked, you know, <laughs> we're much younger then, but a lot of the conversations were like, God, if Newcastle was good at home as they are away, 
there'll be, be a really good side. And what happens is we get, we A, qualify from the Champions League uh, against the odds. B, we get a lot of players back. And then when we got the players back, the away form sorted itself out and we finished third. So that's irrelevant to now because there's different people. <laughs> but it Good has point. happened before. Good it's, point, it's, it, 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 it is, it is. I just, I've just kind of struck right now of the, the similarities between the two. And I remember that after, after that Blackburn defeat, everyone was kind of kicking off saying, why can't we fucking... So what defense. you're saying is we're going to qualify for the Champions League group on Wednesday and we're going to finish third. And we're going to sign Jonathan yeah. Woodgate. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Put a bet on. Put your bets on. Carly, what do you think, mate, about, about where this leaves the season? I mean, you know, all these conversations that we've just had about the away form, you know, the kind of sound structural rather than just fatigue-based. Or am I being a bit, uh, you know, is it a bit simplistic to say everything's just going to be great because we want it to be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a big week. Um, we went from like the be- one of the best weeks to one of the worst weeks, haven't we? Um, the thing is about this team, and we've seen it under Eddie Howe um, the last probably 18 months in terms of when we've suffered a bad result away from home, we've we've bounced back really well at home. Um, if you look at that look at the game, last, Villa 3-0, wasn't it? Next week it was 6-1 at Spurs. This season, um, well, we had a few national breaks in between, but the Bournemouth game went, went, went 4-1 against um, Chelsea. The Brighton game, it was a Brentford, I believe. Yeah, went, Brentford. Yeah, Brentford. So we've, we've bounced back, bounced back. And I expect, I see this team doing again exactly the same, really. It's, like I said, the AC Milan game is obviously one of day in Europe. Um, Champions League, great, if not Europa League. And from what I say, what I've seen of AC, they haven't been great particularly great and I think especially away from home um, and even after that performance at the San Siro I thought we, we, if we're on what we can be at home we can beat these and I think even from these two defeats um, I'm going to still stay positive and say we, we can even like say get a draw and still stay in Europa League but I mean Fulham game we've got a win in terms of it's Fulham at home we're, we're <coughs> They're, like I say, even from what they've done this week, and it's some really good performances, scoring goals, it's it's Fulham at home, and these are the games we need to really be expecting to to win in terms of how well we're forming it to the morning to to beat really, um, and, I, and I think I think we will do that next week. To be honest, um, let's say it's only Liverpool where we, we've got beat at home this season. So and you look a lot, you look at a lot of. I mean, them are talking about the, the kind of top five, six in terms of their home form. It's been excellent. Some of them away forms have been quite. Dodgy, like it looks, looks at like even like um, Liverpool can be at times. I mean, Villa at times are mm. really good at home, bad away. So, but Fulham's a game where we need because I look at all you say seven points, but I look at more nine. I'm looking more nine points because of um, I, I don't think all the Man City's a seven point, but Villa's the yeah. one who every team is going to slip up really in terms of if you wanted to, to get as close to them, that's nine points, and they've got quite a decent run of fixtures coming up. So, you need to kind of we always said December is going to be a really hard month with the amount of injury we had, the fatigue in there, but in terms of who we're playing as well, these that's a game really you need to win. And then you look at Luton, even though Luton have done quite well at home, is to, to look at that for another win. It's just to keep in that kind of mix till the the lads are back. Some, like I said, we've got a couple back already, but Barnes hopefully next week and then a few others the week after. So yeah, you need to be going, like say, into January, keeping in that mix really. Ben. Alex happy or sad when you look at the immediate future um, it's a tough one isn't it I mean I, I, I was very negative I immediately at, at full time thinking I don't even know if we can beat Milan on, on this kind of performance 
Um, but you, you no, right. we definitely can't beat Milan. I'm <laughs> yeah. that kind of performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spot on. <laughs> but that but just what seems I'm, real. But uh, but in reality, as as you say, our home form has been so good. Like we, I mean, it, we we've, we've, we're so dominant, and it's just strange that we we are we're literally like Jacqueline Hyde in terms of we're so different. The same lads will probably go out and batter Milan and, and and put a real statement win on on Wednesday, and it's almost that like I just can't kind of comprehend how we can kind of show the, the level of form that we have against Everton and Spurs in, in such a short time and, and all it is is a geographical <laughs> relocation being the kind of the build and end all of it it's just so bizarre but yeah the, the reality is is I, I do think we beat Milan I think we'll beat Fulham we are class at home um, the same lads for whatever reason just turn into super, supermen at, at home in, in, in a dominant and it's it's interesting the point you were making about kind of the makeup of the team and us maybe not being built to play at home, but uh, sorry, away, but we're, we're definitely built at home. We, we are an aggressive attacking side that, as you say, we don't really have a whole midfielder. Our whole midfielder is our playmaker that mm. flies up the pitch and, and kind of links everything up. So um, we are a, a, an absolute like juggernaut at home to, to stop, and not, not many teams have been able to um, over kind of the, the whole 18 month period since I was come in. So, yeah, I've got a lot of faith that we'll, we'll get the job done at home. And, um, yeah, it's it's just that kind of the, the conundrum that it seems to be at the minute of how we we solve the the, the away form. But um, I'd, yeah, I've, I've got full confidence that we'll we'll get the job done in these next two games. And as you say, then I mean, ultimately, it's not in our our hands on Wednesday what what that does for us. But um, I think it's imperative that we we still. I mean, even if it is Europa League, there's still a lot of learnings we can make from that as a group. I mean, obviously, we're talking about kind of the managing the game at the minute. Um, if we, if Newcastle want to be as successful as we want to be, we want to be a Champions League um, stalwart and, and kind of powerhouse. We need to be able to manage <laughs> kind of these these weeks where we've got three games in a week and, and be coming out with kind of a minimum of six to, to seven points from them. So I think it's really important that we we we, uh, we do get get the job done and, and kind of learn from some of these problems that we're, we're creating. We're probably not going to win the league unfortunately this season, but I think this is a big stepping stone to the the group and. And even how, and, and he's never been in this position, learning how how kind of can we combat these little slip-ups in form or whatever to, to stop them from happening in the future. And I think it's probably going to be a lot more learning from this tough period about how to improve uh, than anything. So who knows, maybe this terrible week that we've had actually turns out to be a, a positive in the future. Well, I'll probably finish on a similar thought. And whenever how, and he's not up against it now, Newcastle in the quarterfinal, they're in the quarterfinal of the, the League Cup in the have a great chance of at least playing European football in 2024 um, after the AC Milan game on Wednesday. So he's not up against it. Uh, but I remember he was also suddenly not up against it um, between January and March earlier this year, last season. We'd won one in seven games um, and we'd lost the cup final. And we had Wolves, Forest, Man United... West Ham in a short space of time and we ended up winning all those games and it, before that Wolves game top four by a lot of fans had already been and definitely pundits had been written off it was gone and they won all four of those games and transformed the season and they ended up winning eight of nine and I just feel like when it really gets when it really gets tough for how that's when you see the best of him and the best of his side Barnes is due back soon Botman's due back I actually think we might see one of them on Wednesday I think how deliberately 
deliberately kept their names out of his mouth post-game because um, he wants it to be a big surprise for the Italians. Keep my centre-back and left-winger out your goddamn mouth, the Will Smith moment. And, and, and once, the, once those two are back, once those two are back, you, you know, you, you, you do feel a lot more confident in terms of, in terms of the squad's depth. Uh, so these these next five, I'm not I'm not including Liverpool away because it's I'll worry about that and it's too close to the derby for me to think about it next and I have to think about the derby. But mm-hmm. the next five: AC Milan, Fulham, Chelsea, Luton, and Forest. There's points to be had. There are points to be had. There are only two of them away from home, uh, and I think I think we'll really get the job done. I think we are we are a serious serious football team at home at St James's Park. We're not that great away from home, and that's something they have to sort out. And we've seen the worst of that today and this week. But I'm sure all will be well. I'm sure we'll be well. So we'll finish it on that. Positive. Yeah. We're, we're on Patreon. We're going to build up to this massive week and these two massive homes fixtures. Come as, join us in there. We'd love to have you along. Warren Barton will be on with us this week as well to give his thoughts on what it's like to play too much football, particularly away from home, uh, when he was a player and what he thinks about the current setup as well. So join us in there. There's a link in the description to this podcast, three to eight pounds a month. Thanks very much for watching and listening. Thanks to you, my colleagues around the table, for talking to me about this tonight. Speak to you all after AC Milan late on Wednesday night. Can't wait. Speak to you then. Bye-bye.